Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show with Val Hart. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Val, how are you doing today? Doing great, Scott. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, uh, here too. Uh, last time we talked about mistake number one, getting the wrong dog for your lifestyle. And that was just absolutely fascinating. And we got a lot of interesting comments from our listeners on that one. And yeah. they were very excited to learn what the second mistake that, that uh, dog owners make. Right, right. And just to remind you, these, these are the top 12 costly mistakes that dog owners make. And we're talking about how to avoid them and how to have happier and healthier dogs. Really, have, really important points. Go ahead. <laughs> if we have happier and healthier dogs... It means we're probably going to be happier too, right? And healthier too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. And less stressed. Nothing less stressed. stresses us, stresses me more than thinking that my dog is not happy or healthy or there's something wrong, you or, know? Yeah, or if the dog's behavior is not the type of behavior that we would like. Right? Yes, yes, indeed. And then we're wondering, like, why is this animal doing this to me? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, so much of what I deal with, so many of the, you know, the majority of my time is spent trying to resolve mistakes that were made with this mistake, which is just foundational to a happy, healthy, long life with a wonderful dog that is a truly a joy uh, to have in your life. So, um, you know, if we don't provide proper balanced socialization, Proper balanced socialization opportunities, that's a mouthful, um, then what happens is that our dogs really go off. They don't have good boundaries, limits, and they don't know the rules, and they don't know how to behave in different situations. And it's their confidence suffers. They get hyper. They get nervous, worried, or scared, um, and they just don't have the confidence to know how to deal with life. And it's so sad because there's so many things we can do that are truly a joy. They're fun. They're engaging. They're exciting. Um, and they create that foundation of trust um, and that bond between us. So, you know, dogs crave good parental guidance, right? right. If you take a puppy away from their parents, then you become their parent, and it's your job to provide the proper guidance so that your dog can be balanced. Um, and, you know, so many people, it's amazing to me. It's almost like we think that dogs should come already trained. They should already know what to do. <laughs> You're actually just reminding me of uh, ducks, and I don't know why, yeah. but, but uh-huh. you see a, a mommy duck with yeah. six or seven baby ducklings waddling behind her, right? Right, and right. And it's very obvious that they're learning what mom does. And yes. And she's teaching them all sorts of things, as you know. And I, I remember once, because uh, I lived near a small lake that, that the ducks live in, right? And so yeah, yeah. in the spring, they we it's quite a normal thing to see a mommy duck with 
you know, a pile of baby ducklings going by. And right. once this mommy duck was stuck because she was trying to go up, jump up this ledge, she could do it because she was big enough. But the little babies couldn't, and they would, you know, they go up to the to the wall and they would jump up a couple inches and nowhere near high enough, right? Right. And right. we're watching, and we're watching, and the mommy, she's not taking these ducks around. Like you can mm-hmm. go around, but she wasn't going to do that. Right. So eventually, what we did was we uh, put a got an old bucket of paint and mm-hmm. just sort of went over and just put it down and. The mom yeah. jumped on the bucket of paint and up, and the babies jumped on the bucket of paint, and that was, they just needed another <laughs> step, right? Uh-huh, right, so they just need like a little a, help. It was like two hours, like we're watching, we're thinking, she's not taking them around, she's going to go, we're going over this wall whether we like it or not, right? <laughs> so we thought we may, might need a little help here. We need a little boost up. But that's yeah. not, you're right, like that's not something I think about when I think of puppies, uh, the old right. bears spend you know, a year with their mom or, or however long it would be before they, they feel like they can be independent. And right. yet my sister, when she got her dash out, he, uh, he was like six weeks old or something and, and taken 2,000 miles away from mommy, right? So right. she right. really had to teach him and her husband had to teach uh, Chester how, you know, how to behave and what to do. And right. Some right. things he figured out, some things he didn't figure out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we think that somehow they should already know how to behave in all situations, and that as they get, we hope that as they get older, they're going to become the perfect pet. <laughs> you know, where we expect that perfect, well-mannered, easygoing, affectionate dog to suddenly appear when they're about one year old, um, but then they're not perfect yet. So we wait until they're two years old, and they're still not perfect. And so, you know, shoot, when is this going to happen? When's our dog going to get smart? Well, maybe we need to get smart. <laughs> right. So mistake number two of the top yes. 12 costly mistakes dog owners make is not mm-hmm. providing proper balanced socialization opportunities. Right, correct. Yeah, you know, because puppies, they're not born knowing how to be the perfect domesticated dog in your household, and they need help learning how to be appropriate and to gain their confidence, to learn what good manners are, what the rules are, what's really wanted or needed from them. You know, and all that is the hallmark of really good training and proper socialization from calm, stable, assertive family members and pack leaders, which is what they're craving. And when we have unhappy dogs, or ill-behaved dogs, then they didn't get that. They just didn't get that. So, you know, it's like taking a child and, you know, throwing them into the wolves and expecting them to know how to... How to how to be okay without any training, and it just doesn't happen. They don't know. Right. They try. They want to. They don't know. So it's our job to take on the role and the responsibilities of teaching those babies all the rules they need to know in a way they can understand it. And by the way, Scott, there's a critical development stage in every puppy's life. It's between two and six months old when certain lessons can be most easily learned. And so what I tell people is that you need to set up the first 100 days of their life is critical. There should be a socialization plan or some activity that you do every day of their life. And um, in their 12th week, um, I'm sorry, their third month, yeah, the 12th week, um, is when they start to be a little more fearful. And so you have to 
balance for that but still help them build their confidence um, and then they'll just start racing ahead and and uh, just be amazing wonderful beings so um, you know different things you can do um, are uh, to meet have your dog or the and by the way this isn't just puppies okay so every dog for their whole life basically needs to have socialization um, opportunities presented to them where they can have what I call spontaneous confidence building exercises. Um, so they need to meet people of all ages, all colors, all sizes, from little bitty babies all the way up to the very old, um, big fat people, little bitty skinny people, you know, teenagers, um, um, black people, um, white people, red people, whatever you can find, you know, everybody is possible, um, including the mailman, uh, service providers, the uh, yard care guys, the servicemen, everybody. You know, they really need to have good positive encounters with all of those types of people in order to not have to be uh, afraid of them or to become aggressive with them later. So that's that's really important. Um if you can create an experience to have them meet other animals like other like cats or birds or have them meet horses or cows or goats or you know they definitely need to have the companionship of other dogs so play outings you know supervised play dates where they get to be and play with other puppies or other dogs is important. Um, teach them about going to stores and riding in the car and, of course, going to the vet and make that a happy experience, please. <laughs> show, right, show them balloons, give them toys, uh, challenge them to think, you know, to, um, uh, by, by good training, you know, te- teach them to think and give you something in order to be rewarded for it. So, you know, it's a perfect time to start training is when they're very young. Um, and um, do the grooming, learn how to groom, you know. Um, Einstein, I have to tell you about my dog Einstein, which I, everybody loves uh, this puppy. When he was um, three months old, uh, it was the 4th of July, and here in the United States, we have the big Independence Day, and we have parades, and we have music, and we have food, and, you know, big get-togethers get and celebrations and stuff. And so I decided to take him to our local neighborhood association's parade. And so, you know, he's a little bitty puppy. He's only 12 weeks old. And uh, here we are, and he's got his little red bandana on. And um, we're at the parade, and we're watching all the kids, and they're on their bikes, and they're on their, you know, they've got the balloons and the flags and the noisemakers and the funny hats, you know, and the funny clothes. And we've got little bitty bitty babies and strollers, and then we have all the way up to you know teenagers and then old 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 people, you know, right. <laughs> our, our senior citizens, our wonderful senior citizens, and they're all shapes and colors and sizes, you know. And we've got the tractor with you know with the hay hayride thing with everybody piled on top of it, and we've got kids on rollerblades and we've got kids on skateboards and you know everything, and you know what he was fabulous. Um, he wasn't scared. He was having a great time meeting people. He wasn't barking. He, uh, you know, just asking to be calm and, you know, and to, you know, had people greet him appropriately. And and uh, he was quiet and interested in what was going on. And everybody was just amazed at how wonderful he was. And so it was a really wonderful outing. And you know, he's never shown any fear ever. You know, of 
uh, strange objects or, you know, like moving objects like cars and tractors and whatnot or kids on bicycles or rollerblades, any of that stuff. I mean, he's cool with it. And I think that part of that came from that wonderful experience. So, right. you know, right. yeah, so but there's so much we can do with our pops. Um, um, you know, what you want to do is come up with a and, and plan and prepare some lesson plans, I call them, um, just like their canine pack members would have that are appropriate to their age. You want to pay careful attention to helping them feel safe and protected, and you want to create and enhance their feelings of self-confidence, and that helps them also create trust and authority figures that's going to foster a willingness to follow guidance for their whole life. You know, so, you know, we, yeah, you know how dogs are that are out of control? They're like children that are out of control and everybody hates them. Right. <laughs> you don't want your dog to be like that, right? So, no, no. no. I, I'm actually curious because you've mentioned puppies a number of times and mm -hmm. I'm wondering what about uh, mature puppies or you know older, older puppies dogs, older dogs right that have been around <laughs> like for 15 years right, they, right. You know do they need proper balanced socialization opportunities um, every dog every day of its life um, needs confidence building they need reward for you know following the rules or doing the right thing right knowing how to be appropriate and demonstrating that um, they need to have their mind challenged right um, uh, as they grow older and as a lot of this is this groundwork this foundational groundwork has been already set then it still needs to be reinforced right um, I, I'll tell you some of the most puzzling consultations I've done with people and their their dogs that were misbehaving or had some very bizarre fear or phobia like you know afraid of water afraid of hoses you know uh, terrified of you know, a loud noise um, or, or anything like that, you know, fireworks, um, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Sometimes I track it back with the, with the dog and they'll take me back to even almost before their eyes were open or when they were just very, 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 very young. Uh, like I call it pre-verbal, before they can even process mentally the experience. Um, and they can't really tell me what happened because they really didn't know. Um, but what they might remember or have resonating and stuck in their body um, that they're still in reaction to uh, was a bad experience, you know, an experience where they didn't get a lot of nurturing or they didn't feel safe um, or somebody reacted inappropriately. Um, you know, for instance, I'll, I'll, another fun little story with, with Einstein. Um, when he was young, we had um, um, I, I pulled out the vacuum cleaner, right? And he went nuts. He did not know what this thing was. You know, what is this big thing? It's way bigger than me. It's making this horrible noise. Um, it's moving and it's making whatever. And, oh, my God, what is that, you know? And uh, so I took a couple of minutes, and literally it only took a few minutes. I just sat down with him. I introduced him to the vacuum cleaner and, um, in, and rewarded him for touching it and checking it out and, and being quiet and being calm and, and all that stuff. And then we fired it back up, and away we went, and he has no problem with vacuum cleaners. But a puppy, a puppy that never got that or an older dog that never got that... Um, 
you know, we have a behavior problem that can actually be dangerous because they, if they attack the cord, you know, or bite through it, they can get electrocuted <laughs> or they can easily ruin or damage an expensive vacuum cleaner. Um, or it's just plain annoying, isn't it, <laughs> to have your dog going nuts when you're doing something as simple as trying to vacuum um, or, the, or a broom, you know, or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and, and it's stressful. It's stressful for them as well as us. And by the way, that reminds me of a point I want to make. Did you know that exuberance in a dog doesn't necessarily mean they're happy? So No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if they're acting all excited and hyper, um, you know, and they're bouncing off the walls and they're, you know, uh, what's, what might be going on is they're not actually happy, they're actually stressed and their nervous system is in a, is in a hyper-vigilant, hyper-stimulated mode, which, is, which means that their sympathetic nervous system is on high alert, um, similar to when they're in danger, when they're anxious or are afraid. So a lot of people misread that signal. Um, what we want is our dogs to be calm, easygoing, um, laid back, accepting, you know, and have fun without being having that edge of, of hyperness about them. So if you're feeling your hyperness from your dog, they're not happy. That's a stress signal. You you want to avoid that. That that means that um, their their health will suffer and they're, they're in a confused state of mind. They're not stable. So when we come at home from being out all day and they're running all over the place and jumping up on us and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean they're happy to see us as much as Not at all. Yeah. Probably doesn't mean they're happy to see us? It, they are delighted to see you. That, it doesn't mean that they're not happy to see you. What it means is, is that they're stressed. Your absence, right, yeah. made them stressed, maybe, most likely. Um, and the way you're returning home, they are overreacting to your return home. Right. Think of it this way. If you had a loved one there, and you know, a person like another person you're living with, yeah. and you walk in the door, and you're immediately jumped on and grabbed and hugged and pulled and, and you know, just like blah, 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 you know, me, 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 where, where, blah, 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 just bombarded with that kind of energy and attention, would you start, like, dreading to go home after a little while? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so if you ask your friend what was going on, wouldn't they say that they were kind of nervous or afraid or excited, uh, like overexcited, like stress excited, not happy excited? Um, wouldn't, don't, don't you think? Do you, does that make sense? Yes, definitely. definitely. Yeah. yeah, so what we want is our dogs to greet us when we come home, um, but be calm and stay out of our way. Don't trip us, for God's sake, you know, while we're bringing in the groceries or something. Um, and to wait until we're able to give them a little more focus and attention um, and not jump on us and not knock us over and not grab our stuff, you know, or, or be overly hyper. Uh, if you got that, then you got a problem. Um, and what I'm, my point is is that the problem is that the dog has not been socialized properly. They don't know how to behave, and they're exhibiting stress symptoms, not happy, happy signs. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, uh, that does. And it also it just puts a whole new uh, perspective on how our pets greet us. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, this is so important. Uh, it's just, oh my gosh. Um, anyway, they just need to be taught. 
Um, so, you know, um, what else I want to tell you today? Oh, you know what? Let's talk about coddling for a minute. I think this is really important. It's also a point that I, I always have to work with people on that have these kinds of problems. Um, do you know what coddling, what I mean by coddling? No. What do you mean by coddling? Um, well, uh, for an example, um, it's, it's when we try to comfort. Um, like if your children or your friend gets scared for another person, it's really helpful to be comforted, right, to be hugged or touched or um, just, you know, kind of uh, reassured that everything's okay and and um, that kind of thing. Yes. So that's, that could be coddling. Um, you could also think of it as enabling with your dog. It, this is not what you want to do. So um, when we offer what we think of as comfort or reassurance to our dogs when they're scared or confused or they're not sure what to do in a new situation, and we offer them what we think is a reassurance of comfort, like, oh, it's okay, you know, you don't have to be scared, I'm sorry you're so scared, you know, that kind of thing, and touching them and rewarding them. In their mind, they're getting rewarded for demonstrating anxiety, right, for for um, for feeling nervous and and what they think is that we wanted them to feel nervous, that they're giving us the right response. That's the right reaction. And that's where it all goes south. That's, that's when everything goes bad um, because we don't want to encourage our dogs or enable them to continue to be afraid. What we want is to build their confidence so they don't have to be afraid. Right. Right? I mean, that, it's actually cruel, in my opinion, to reward a dog for exhibiting fearful, nervous, or um, anxiety symptoms. Um, we don't want to reward them for that. What we want to do is pay attention and, and go, oh, we have something we need to work on, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then come up with a plan and a strategy for rewarding them for confidence, for staying calm, for uh, showing us the right response. For instance, let me tell you a quick story. Um, Einstein actually got bats when he was young. I, I don't know. There, not very many people know this, Scott, but I actually sometimes take a shower with my dog. <laughs> I have a you know big walk-in shower, and I'll just pop us both in there, and I figure his shampoo is good for me too, so away we go. Anyway, it's very funny. And um, it's, it's a fun experience and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so don't tell anybody, okay? But anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's been exposed to water, and he's had a bath, and he's been groomed and, and stuff like that um, when he was young. And so I didn't think anything more of it. I thought, you know, well, we're okay. Uh, he knows about bathtubs, right? He knows about getting a bath. Yeah. Um, and and I, I actually don't do that too much anymore. I just put him in the bathtub here. Anyway, so a, a couple of weeks ago, we went on a walk, and he got into something that was horribly stinky. Oh, my God, it was noxious. I mean, it was like nauseatingly stinky. And he got it on him. He got it on his feet. He got it, he got it on me. Uh, he got, got oh, it on dear. his body. Oh, my God. And so when we got home, it's like, okay, you know, first thing we're doing is taking a bath. So... Um, I went and put him in the bathtub and um, you know, got the water and all that stuff ready for us. And, and he's, he was freaking out. 
He was literally freaking out. He was panicked. He was afraid. He was upset about it, um, even to the point of fighting me, trying to run away. Um, you know, he was doing some, he didn't bite like hurt me, but he was like biting me like, I'm really scared. I don't want this. I don't want to. Um, and so, you know, I stayed with him and I worked through him, through it with him in a calm, you know, assertive way. Got him in the tub. Um, he stood there. He only escaped twice with suds, you know, flying everywhere. Uh, so we was, we survived our bath. You know, we got through it. Um, and then I got to thinking later. I said, okay, we have to make a plan. You know, we have to address this because this is not okay. It's not okay for my dog to be afraid of taking a bath, right? And so what I did is I started doing tub games, bathtub games. And um, I just kind of, you know, got to thinking about it. And... Um, it took me two days to get him to get in the bathtub by himself of his own volition, you know, because I asked him to. It took me two days, and that, that's that's a lot, you know. And for me, I can usually get him to do something in, you know, less than ten minutes. I can, you know, we can complete a training exercise sometimes in only a minute or two, but at the most, like ten minutes. Anyway, so you can imagine it took me ten minutes, uh, two days to get him to even get in the bathtub. So that's how deep his his dislike you know and his uh, his upset about this was so we worked through that and you know what all I have to do now I have to actually keep the door closed uh, to the bathroom <laughs> because when I open the door he races to the tub and gets in it and sits down and waits <laughs> I can even run the water, you know, and 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 stuff, and he is perfectly happy. Um, so my point in telling the story is that when you notice your dog has a problem, make a plan, come up with a, a strategy to help desensitize them to the issue, to build their confidence, to reward them for for what you really do want. Right? I mean, how many dogs hate getting baths <laughs> um, or are afraid of getting their nails clipped, you know, and that kind of stuff. Speaking of which, he did that, too, with at the last vet visit we had. It was very embarrassing. Um, so I brought him home that night, and I said, okay, we're going to work on trimming your nails. And now he gives me his paw. He lets me do his nails. He does not pull his foot away. Um, he just rests his paw on, you know, right there. He doesn't even fuss about it at all. Um, and but you know how many dogs are terrified of getting their nails clipped? You know, so there's lots of things you can do, and all of that goes into proper balance, socialization, and confidence. So I call them a confidence building exercises. So, and this, yeah, so it sounds yeah. to me like um, this is quite an ongoing process, and it can be a lot of fun. For, oh yeah, you know the, the your pet and yourself if you yeah if you do it properly, right? If you do it properly, you build trust, you enhance that magical bond between you and your dog, right? You um, you understand each other better, you trust uh, you trust each other more not just at home but in all kinds of situations, mm-hmm. right? Your dog knows to look to you and that knows that they'll be rewarded uh, for the right, you know, response. And they can be really happy about that. They love it. They love that confidence and certainty and knowing that I'm doing the right thing and I'm going to get paid off big time, right? I get the payoff. So um, I'll tell you. Go ahead. I was going to say you reminded me actually of my uh, my girlfriend's dog is... uh, 
probably about 14 or 15 years old, yeah. Milo, right. and uh, he's been staying with me when she goes out of town. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it's four, five, or six days, right? Uh-huh. She's uh-huh. always said that Milo is, uh, he doesn't like other dogs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he doesn't like other yeah. dogs, and she's got this whole backstory, and they've been together six years, I think. Uh-huh. So when I take him for a walk, because I walk myself, and now that he's staying with me, I walk him with me, and of course I go to the uh, trails that are right by the river near me, mm-hmm. and it's full of other people with dogs. Yeah. And it's really quite interesting <laughs> because, you know, in the beginning, he was very uninterested in these dogs, but I yeah. would stop, and the other dog would come over, and they would, you know, whatever, and chat mm-hmm. with the person for a few minutes and yeah yeah what we've noticed what i've noticed is he's actually quite friendly with other dogs oh my gosh yeah and okay. he, there are certain dogs that he's not we don't want right. anything to do with but there's a number that will will come over and he just stands there and then you know they sniff each other and do whatever they do and and um and he's just really quite happy. And I can tell the difference, right? Because he'll come right over to me and let's get going if he mm-hmm. doesn't like the dog. But he'll stand yeah. there and the two of them will, you know, will sort of nose to nose and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. And, yeah. And, and I thought that, you know, I thought, oh, this is very interesting, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's not as antisocial as I was led to believe. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if it had to do with the type of social interactions that she you know she's in a totally different area of town and right. going for a walk is a totally different experience than right uh, right than, than with, with me right yeah yeah well i have a couple of thoughts about that if you like me to share them sure um one is that she's his number one best um i want to say possession <laughs> she, she it's like you know, when when you consider um, resources, right? Um, yeah. Food, shelter, water, and our oh, and ownership, you know, and territory, and our, you know what what's ours. Um, when dogs look at us, they look at us as their number one resource, their one number one most treasured possession, right. uh, oftentimes, and uh, and especially when you confuse the genders. So I know I know different breeds, right? I mean, we have human and a dog. Um, but still, male dogs tend to be more protective of their females, whether they're, you know, <laughs> another dog or not. Um, and it depends on the signals that she's giving him. So for some reason, she has somehow told him that he's doing the right thing, that she may, she either feels afraid or uh, is nervous or worried about that, or she hasn't given him the right signals, or like you said, the right socializing and training, so that he knows he doesn't have to be fussy with those other dogs. And then you come in, and you're totally different. You're you're, you're outgoing. You're you're very kind. You're you're open. Um, you know, it's a joy to you, and you y'all have a very different relationship. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't need to protect you. Right, you're, and you're not rewarding him so much for that behavior. You're actually rewarding him for um, being more open and social, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So an old dog can yeah an old dog can learn new tricks, right? <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I got one more funny story for you. Um, we have a little uh, neighborhood park 
and I've been taking Einstein over to the park, and we've been playing with doing some doggy dancing on the little basketball court, which is a hoot. I'm sure we're really entertaining the neighbors. Um, but we also have a children's playground uh, where the kids can climb up slides and stuff and, and uh, um, uh, you know, the climbing stuff, you know, that kids yeah. love. And it dawned on me, and they even have a plastic kind of a rock climbing wall. Oh, wow. Uh, that, yeah, it's really cool. I've never checked it out, but uh, I saw that stuff there, and I thought, you know, it would be, it's, let's have a spontaneous confidence-building exercise. So I took them over to that area, the little playground uh, uh, stuff, equipment, and I had him climb the rock wall, the little plastic rock wall, and he was a little scared of it at first, um, yeah. and so I just stayed with him on it and uh, helped him help boost him up and you know what he loves it i mean he, he, oh, when i wow. put him at it when i point him at it now he's like he scrambles up that thing and is at the top of it delighted you know checking everything out from up there um he also loves to the slides he loves running up the slides and then sliding back down them so <laughs> it is my so sons cute. love running up the slides and sliding back down too yeah <laughs> oh gosh! So yesterday, um, I took him over there again, and and it was it was starting to get a little blasé because we've already done it, you know, a couple of times or so. So it wasn't nearly as much fun. So I looked over, and we have a bigger kids playground area, play equipment. So we went over there, and he actually climbed a six foot straight up ladder um, to get up to this lookout post thing. And it was so funny, Scott, because he got up to the top, which was really a feat, you know, because he's going straight up. And uh, I got up to the top, and then I thought, oh, no, I didn't plan very far ahead on this exercise because now I don't know what to do. How do I get him down? <laughs> so, I, so I wound up climbing up myself. You know, and here this 50-something-year-old, oh, oh, don't say that, uh, this, this, uh, Mature woman is up on the top of this. Thirty-something woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Up there on the top of this uh, playground stuff, and then there's these tube slides. You know that are it's like 15 feet in the air. You know this thing is really big, and so there's these tube slides and these curly Q tubes and all this stuff. And so I said, all right, how are we going to get down? And so I decided I was going to slide down the slide, um, and then I was going to you know encourage him to come after me. And uh, so I did. I got on my back, and I slid down that slide. It was so much fun. Um, And uh, I looked around as soon as I got to the bottom, and Einstein had already jumped off and was sliding down behind me. It was was so much fun. You didn't have to encourage him at all. No, not at all. She's going down there. I can go down there. I'm coming too, Mom. (laughs) So uh, it was just so much fun. But, you know, I mean, look at the confidence it takes. Um, you know, and the willingness and the big heart and with the proper, again, balanced socialization opportunities um, to build that confidence so they know, you know, that they can do things and they explore and they, they grow their mind and they have mental challenges and, and they get rewarded for the right behavior. And, uh, and all that makes it right in their world. And then we have happier, healthier dogs. And so. better relations with them. Absolutely. Yes. So, so, number two top costly mistakes dog owners make. Yes. Not providing proper balanced socialization opportunities. Yes. Places where they can gain confidence and grow their trust. Yes. Yes. Number two in our lineup of 12 
critical, costly mistakes. So I'm really glad we got to talk about this today. I'm so happy to bring this important information to everybody. Val, if somebody wanted to know more about how they can provide uh, proper balanced socialization opportunities for their pets, uh, what could they do as a next step? Well, I'm going to be teaching an entire class on this topic because it is that important. You know, we're going to give people you know, a lot more ideas um, and ways that they can uh, build confidence in their dogs and answer questions, um, you know, want to really get into this. So you'll get a lot more um, about how to actually do this. Um, and how to how to oh, yeah and hopefully resolve some of the problems that that come out of um, having improper <laughs> balanced socialization opportunities. So um, yeah, if you would, uh, everybody listening who wants to uh, go to my website. Um, I have a page set up for that. It's www.valhart.com forward slash dog mistake two dot html. So Great. again, that, go ahead. I was going to say that's. Valhart, V A L H E A R T dot com forward slash dog forward slash dog mistake two D O G M I S T A K E two dot html. Cool. And that'll show them what they need to know, and they can sign up for the class or get the replay of the recording. Um, so we'd love to have uh, folks join us on that. And um, uh, is that it? I think that's, that's it. That's it. So okay. head over to, and if you want to listen to previous episodes of our uh, online radio show, Val, they can get that at valhart.com forward slash blog. Forward slash blog, right. Right, B-L-O-G blog. Right. Cool. Delighted to have uh, have you join us. So, yes. okay. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Appreciate having you along with us on this uh, wonderful journey that we're taking together. And hopefully, uh, you're you're learning things that you can apply to your to your pets as we go along. And we'd really appreciate it if you would uh, head over to Val's blog and leave some comments there and let us know what you, what you're thinking of the show. And mm-hmm. if you've got any questions, because we'd be delighted to bring them up and answer them in upcoming shows. Yeah. Okay. See you all next time, everybody. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.